0: Previously on Funny Science Fiction. Which is a no-no. I mean, that's the last thing you want to do if you're a pool hustler. <laughs> it's like a tell. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna play this guy. He's got his <laughs> own, what is he?
1: <laughs> what, are you kidding? Hello and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast.
0: The podcast where we use Emperor Palpatine's cookie recipe to lure people to the dark side. Our guest today is Element7. Now, Element is a fellow YouTube uh, creator and a TikTok creator who just happens to be a massive Star Wars fan. And now I follow him on both YouTube and TikTok. And if you are a Star Wars fan, uh, I strongly suggest that you check out Element Seven's uh, content. It's so good. There's no gatekeeping, it's fun. It's, you know, it's a lot of good information. And I can't stress enough, there's no gatekeeping. So, uh, Element Seven, thank you so much for being on the Funny Science Fiction Podcast.
1: Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Yeah, we're we're excited about this. I uh, a couple months ago when I, I started following you, I was like, "Oh, this guy's good. I, I like your content," uh, and that's one of the reasons why I most wanted to have you on the show is because I like your your YouTube videos and and what you talk about. Uh, you get into more lore than I'll ever remember, um, <laughs> and uh, your TikToks do the same. But but it's never it's never done in a way that that I think is made to make you look like you're up here and everybody else is down here uh, in your knowledge of star Wars. And I've just, I've always thought that was really cool because a lot of guys that I come across when they start talking about star Wars is like, well, if you don't know who this character is, then, you know, you don't, you don't know anything. Um, but I, I love the respect that you show for other fans opinions. So thank you for being who you are.
1: Thank you for that sentiment. Um, well, I mean, like my, my entire goal was to just, you know, keep everybody educated and let them know um, or, give them answers to the questions that they had and there's no way that they're going to learn if you're just like oh well you should have known this you know
0: so out of all the opinions that are thrown out there which good lord there's a lot in this day (laughs) and age of the internet uh but of all the opinions that are thrown out there which is one of the ones that you have the hardest time remaining civil about when you make a response and why
1: Ooh. uh it's, it's most likely centered around the sequel trilogies uh, okay. or sequel trilogy, um, primarily because a lot of the conversation and a lot of the uh, discourse surrounding the sequel trilogy is based on misinformation and mm-hmm. uh, incorrect fact or just not facts. And so while I'm certainly capable of engaging in debate and acknowledging the flaws and critiquing those films when you bring forward an argument that is based on a lie or misinformation that's just kind of rattling to my bones a little bit you know
0: yeah i get that i i have right. no problem with people not liking the movies if you don't like the movie yeah. you don't like the movie that doesn't mean you're not a star wars fan it just means you didn't like that particular movie there are things about lost uh, the last jedi that bug the ever-living daylights out of me and there's some stuff in in rise of skywalker that bugs the ever-living daylights out of me. i still like the movies I still, you know, I have some issues with character arcs and, you know, some things like that. But, you know, I have yet to find out of, you know, the nine main Star Wars movies, I have yet to find one that's perfect in every way. If you you only choose to look at, in my, I've said this to a bunch of people, uh, you know, if you only choose to look at the, as the original trilogy, as the godsend movies and that they're perfect, they're not. You're looking at them through rose colored glasses. Uh, You're not choosing to see the plot holes. You're not choosing to see the really bad dialogue in episode four. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some major problems in in these, in a couple of these movies. And I think we had another guest on a little while back. Uh, His name is Frank Duran. He does the uh, Warp Shelf podcast. The best movies are the ones where, you know, George was the idea guy and somebody else took it and ran with it, you know?
1: Yeah which is why empire strikes back is is probably my favorite because it was george uh Brickett, i think did the, the did the uh, first draft and then kazden kind of uh finished it off um but yeah th- th- this is the uh this is the fallacy that that is rampant today with star wars it's like sure i have a high regard for the original trilogy and
0: absolutely
1: yeah subsequently for the prequel trilogy i have a high regard for all of them but that does not mean that i am shilling or mm-hmm. that I am ignoring the flaws, or or right. I can't critique these movies. I have critiques of the sequel, but um, that doesn't mean that I'm going to push a narrative that's false, where Kathleen Kennedy has been fired more than five times, but she's still there. <laughs> Only five? And, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> according I to didn't... the last time I looked, yeah. Okay. You know, Oh, you didn't check today.
0: Okay. It was no. twice more today. <laughs> Yeah, but in the morning, and then they gave her a job back at lunch, and then afterwards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, she's connecting Favreau with the right people to to enable volume um, that space for The Mandalorian. But at the same time, they're having tiffs and and arguments in the background. It just, it all doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, uh, the the message that I want to propel forward is, you know, Critique these films, acknowledge their flaws, but at the end of the day, you have to move on and just start enjoying Star Wars again. Because, you know, a lot of these people who argue against Rey and Rey Skywalker, I have to contend, like, how often do you think about Rey, this supposed character that you hate, versus the time you spend, you know, lauding the characters you love? right someone one person could say oh i love star killer i love plocoon or any other character well how much time do you spend loving that character versus the time you spend hating someone else Mm -hmm. yeah good
0: point
2: you know speaking of like the mandalorian and stuff like disney plus has really set the star wars universe on fire and with all these upcoming shows and, and and stuff um what is one show that you're most looking forward to more than others out of these upcoming releases
1: um so we haven't had too many shows dedicated to exploring the dark side and so acolyte jumps out at me it's it's at the tail end of the high republic which is in its infancy right now and i'm absolutely loving this era but having the chance to to have a show that's primarily about a dark side user you know, has a lot of implications for, for lore. So uh, for a lore guy such as myself, uh, which I'm equally excited about Ahsoka for that, because you know, the logo mm-hmm. implies that it's the world between worlds and we're going to get more deep lore. And so Ahsoka from from that point of view and acolyte from the dark sider point of view, because you know, we've only gotten so much canonically um from the dark side and the Sith religion and and the people on that side. So yeah, I'm like I'm all in for Acolyte. I'm already like throwing out possibilities as to who it could be about it it could dovetail into plagueis's story but who is before that and i'm just like maybe they're gonna canonize talon or or just bring in someone completely new
0: you know all right now i know that you um know how to go deep into star wars and i love to know that what people got people into star wars so you know because i look at it uh, your love for Star Wars is deep, and that's one of the things that keeps me coming back to your videos, along with your knowledge of the the, the depth of the lore. Um, now, I started in Star Wars when I was very young, uh, watching the original trilogy. Han Solo was my guy, actually, still is my guy. Um, I love the you know the fact that he's the reluctant, sarcastic hero. I mostly yeah. love his sarcasm because I'm sarcastic. Um, And The Empire Strikes Back is still my all-time favorite movie. Same. So I need to know what got you hooked. Where was the entry point into the Star Wars universe that made Little Element 7 want to hang his hat there?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it all started when my my older brother, you know, came home with the VHS for A New Hope because I unfortunately was not, you know, in that generation that grew up with the theatrical releases. Mm -hmm. So I watched the VHS and, you know... at a young age, you're kind of like, ooh, lasers and blasters and starships, and this is all really cool. Um, and as I got older, when I rewatched it, I started clinging on to um, things that excited me because I had grew, gr- grown up with you and know, d and Final Fantasy and all of those fa- fantasy RPGs. The the thing that clung to me was it's world building and it's the scalability of the the universe because I think it was after like maybe my fifth rewatch where i clung to obi-wan's um uh depiction and explanation of the force and when he said that uh, you know Alderon was this moment where a, a million voices cried out and suddenly disappeared and that's when i started to dive really deep into what the force was because i was just like okay at, at first you're you're amazed by the lightsaber uh laser sword and then you know, Luke deflects a laser, a laser blast blinded, you know, and, and so you're like, okay, so, so obviously something's happening here where their natural abilities are augmented, but then you start, you start approaching the larger universe and how it's all connected and, the, and how the force could be used. And I'm just like, this, this world is for me. And then I need to dive deeper. And then Empire Strikes Back came out And we met Yoda Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Yoda exponentially scaled this world like so much that my interest in the force was, I was 150% in from that moment on, you know, how do we know the good from the bad when you're common passive moving rocks around, even though the force isn't about lifting rocks, but it was just (laughs) like this it was just this door that opened wide and you're like, Oh yeah. The force was, you know, you could fight blinded. You could sense um, life and you know, everything around you and stretch out with your feelings. But now you could applicably use this um, as like a superhero would use their powers. And, and, and then, and then they started talking about like the, the distinction between the light and the dark and just the whole lore side of it just, blew up and that's when i i I dove straight in and never looked back
0: i like it that's good yeah you know i'll be honest with you i think that's probably the best answer i've gotten to that question Mm -hmm. um and because normally it's just like well i thought this movie was cool um thanks (laughs) <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I I like the fact that there there was more to it than you know, than just I thought this movie was cool and had cool laser swords, that there was something that actually spoke to you. And I think that's awesome. So yeah, that's an awesome answer, man. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So with the development of some of these newer adaptation or these newer films of Star Wars themed stories in live action, it's really shown how we're able to develop these stories away from the movies um and it's a great time to be a star wars fan because there's a lot of lore there's a lot of like really exciting things happening in the universe of star wars and but it's also given us like some new characters such as like grogu um such formerly known as baby yoda but what do you think the future holds for baby grogu and when do you think we will see him again
1: well let's 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 address the elephant in a room i don't think uh grogu going to die um i think he's visibly absent from the rise of kylo ren if you've read the comics um mm-hmm. because it's planned that way i think the lone wolf and cub that is the mandalorian is not going to shift away from that dynamic uh there's going to because because a lot of people will operate on on unknown information but as my dyad Chako likes to say you know there are two types of people those who can extrapolate from missing information and (laughs) (laughs) and so a lot of people are like looking at grogu going off with luke and saying oh no he died he's not in his academy uh i you know i would contend that we just don't have all the information uh i i operate on the the notion that uh Yoda species stays in infancy physiologically in the first five decades, and then they reach full maturity from 50 to hundred. And so by the time, you know, the sequel trilogy happens, Grogu will have been maybe 75 or somewhere around there. He would be in his adolescence at, at most. And so I imagine him going off and doing, he's like off world doing his Jedi trials or before that time, he just misses the hell out of Din and just wants to, you know, go back and be with him. So, you know, it, I don't, I don't think he's going to die. I, I think it's purposeful that we don't see him in those comics. Um, and, you know, if, right. if, if, if you have any kind of like notion that that Disney or Lucasfilm hadn't planned this out entirely before in those comics, we, we see Loden, Greatstorm, and Ivar Chris in, in holocrons and, and, and mentions of them as far back as when Rise of Kylo Ren came out. And we didn't even know about the High Republic initiative um, back then. So I, I think um, you know, contrary to popular belief, if you don't know about something, that doesn't mean it's not being planned out. And so, yeah, I, I think Grogu has a lot yet to, to offer to the mm-hmm. Mandalorian. And I think he's going to be coming back really quickly.
0: I think so as well. I'm hoping, and this is going to sound really corny, but I'm hoping that he has a uh, uh, Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones moment where Yoda whips out that lightsaber and just goes to town. And I'm hoping that he has one of those as well, because, you know, I, as I've talked about in other episodes, I'm one of those guys who may or may not yell at the movie screen. Um, and that was definitely a moment when I yelled at the movie screen when when Yoda came comes hobbling in with the cane and then whips out the, his his little yoda lightsaber and just you know goes at dooku so and i was like yes and, and I, that's so, why i
1: have like such an unpopular opinion that i enjoyed attack of the clones for that moment because we had never seen him in action he's just this decrepit old yes you know uh per- old man limping limping around who seemingly has this abundant knowledge of the force has trained thousands of Jedi. And I'm just like, at the time watching empire, I was like thousands of Jedi. Uh, and then I saw him in attack of the clones and he, <laughs> he walked in, he hobbled in and then he, he grabbed his lightsaber through the force. And I'm like, okay, no one had ever done that before as right. theatrical as that was or dramatic. And just, you know, he dispels so many notions of, of, of capability um, with how you look in stature, like at the outset, yeah. So like, don't judge a, pro- a book by its cover. He's like the literal cover that you're judging, and then the the contents of the book is him flipping around and and defeating uh, Dooku or pushing him back.
0: You know, I uh, I share your uncommon opinion. I actually like Attack of the Clones, if as long. I may or may not skip over the sections of, of, you know, by the lakefront uh, with with the uh, (laughs) pseudo-Shakespearean romanticized lines um, and, you know, the the force feeding of the pair to Padme. But if I can get past those parts, uh, I think the rest of the movie is very solid. The only thing I wish out of that movie, and uh, we talked to somebody last night, actually, uh, about this, I wish that there had been more of the Genosian battle. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: would like to have seen a little bit more of that, but I really... I thought that was a good solid move in the, uh, in the storyline to show Anakin's progression and to show, you know, we had to see somewhere how the clones began. And I thought that they did a really good job with that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, in that battle, all of the Padawans that had been Padawans at the time, except for Anakin and Barisafi died. And that I think it was a missed opportunity for them to kind of, hammer down that moment as to how how high stakes that battle was yeah. in the jedi order losing a lot of their their numbers you know only the masters and the knights um and even some knights and masters died you know coleman right. i mean we all know the the stigma around that guy just kind of getting whopped by uh <laughs> by Django. but yeah like they lost a lot of people in that battle and i thought uh you know, if they had ever released an extended version of that that movie that that battle should definitely have like maybe five or ten minutes more in it.
0: Agreed, absolutely.
2: It was called Battlefront Two, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. Yes, yes that was your that was your opportunity to see more of it.
2: Uh, so there are many stories in like the Legends section of Star Wars that is no longer canon of for a variety of reasons. And some of these storylines have the possibility of being reintroduced as canon, uh, such as some of these new shows on Disney. Uh, What's like one storyline that you're hoping comes back into canon?
1: Yeah, so we have to make the distinction that Legends was not of the level of G-canon, as in following George Lucas's main continuity uh so i think i'm preferable now i haven't like read all of legends primarily because like the the moment i started uh new jedi order i kind of i wasn't feeling it i i I, it's an unpopular opinion but i'm more preferential to the old republic stuff Mm -hmm. um and and i think i think it largely has to do with my view that um I actually shared the same view as George Lucas. I, I think I thought the story ended at Episode Six um, originally, and so exploring the earlier times um, with the Old Republic was just breathtaking to me. And that's why I love the High Republic initiative because anything earlier than the Skywalker saga, just blank slate. You've got all of the room in the world to to expand the universe, expand the galaxy, mm-hmm. and expand yeah. the Jedi and the Sith. Outside of the parameters of of what we know in the original trilogy, and so I think the best thing, or the most the most the most appropriate story that they could bring into canon, um, and the most e- the easiest story they could bring into canon would be Darth Bane's story. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm also preferential to Satil Shan's Cold War story because she's my favorite Jedi. So I I always have that <laughs> I always have to like sneak that in into my mm-hmm. answers. But Darth Bane is probably the the, the most um, compelling and easier story because it's not really a lot of contradictions with, with Prime Canon.
0: Now, there's also been some hubbub about who's going to be the next big bad in the Star Wars universe. Now, lots of names are being tossed out there who people think it might be. And one of the names that I keep seeing coming up the most often is Ezra Bridger from Rebels. Some people feel that uh, because Rebels leaves him off being lost in space with Thrawn, he was given the title of apprentice by Maul, whether Maul was feeling that that was a legit title, or more likely I think he was just doing it to screw with uh, Bridger and and Kanan. Um, And there's the Sith holocron that Bridger was clearly drawn to uh, throughout Rebels. and. One more thing, Bridger was also warned by Bindu that the merging of the Jedi and Sith hologram are going to show him things that could not be undone. So, you know, and that the bad things might happen. He did it anyway. So what do you think of this theory that the, that's the next big bad in the in the uh, Star Wars canon is going to be Ezra Bridger as a Sith Lord?
1: And, you know, as a part of this theory, you it's attaching itself to like Ahsoka and the that Mandalorian timeline as a big bad.
0: I'm assuming so. Yes, that that's that that's pretty much where it would have to be.
1: I mean, you know, anytime anytime we approach speculative um, information, I, I like to keep uh, as much room as possible open because, sure, of course, it, it is a possibility. It could very well happen. Um, But at the same time, I'm on the side of the lore, um, and I don't think it makes a lot of sense, at least from a lore perspective, um, because, I mean, canonically, Ezra did reject the dark side, um, which gave Mm -hmm. him access to the world between worlds. Yes. And um, if we look at who he disappeared into the night, so to speak, with uh, Thrawn, and if you read uh if you read the Thrawn trilogy you kind of get this notion that Thrawn isn't he's not antagonistic without the Empire you know he has his own motivations and he joins the Empire um, based on those motivations but he's certainly not a bad person or a villain and so I would I would argue that um, Thrawn takes Ezra under his wing becomes a mentor figure and teaches him about, like, battle tactics and reading oh. people and being, you know, a better person. Because everybody that studies under Thrawn, even within the Empire, like Commander Pharaoh and Eli Vanto, they became better people. They learned from him. And they the became... battle tactics. Yeah, they yeah. became their own Thrawns within their own rights. And so... I don't see his time with Ron turning into like an evil villain or a bad guy character. But again, like, of course the caveat being, it's also very possible because we don't know like all of the information.
0: (laughs) Oh, sure. Sure. This is all speculation. Just, you know, there's, I, I don't think that there's one name that's being tossed out there uh, that you can look at and go, yep, that's definitely it. That's the guy that's going to do it. I mean, yeah. there, there's. I mean, you can make a case for just about anybody being able to uh, cross over that threshold, you know, to be drawn to, uh, you know.
1: I mean, I would also throw out the name Quinlan Voss because he also survived Order sixty six, <laughs> and in the Dark Disciple um, novel, he did turn to the dark side. Um, of course, that was all in the effort to assassinate Duku, uh, and, and he was, you know, redeemed by Ventress, but he has that propensity. He he has touched the dark side and we don't know his story. So if they're looking for a big bad, they can always go with someone original. They can always go with Talon, who was the original apprentice to, uh, to a mall. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, hmm. I think they're, I think they're better off going with an original, but if they're, but if they're going to use Bridger in that way, I, I, I wouldn't be against it. I would, I, I would, if they sell it, if they sell the narrative in which he does turn, then I'm all for it.
0: Right. I think nice. I think it's going to deal with the packaging, how it's yeah. how it's presented, how the story is built up, and you know, as I've said to a couple other people, you know, in Filoni and Favreau, I trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if, if those guys are directing the story, and you know, from everything I've seen of that that they do and how they do it, you know, these guys are are amazing story builders. You know, and and they they package it properly. So if they can continue with that, I see no reason why, if it is Bridger, that it won't be done right, or if it is uh, Voss, that it won't be done right. You know, there's going to be a good storyline. They're they're going to show the arc of how we went from here, you know, from over here to, to here. You know, it's not going to be just like okay, here's your big bad, enjoy.
1: You know. Yeah, and a lot of these characters are Faloni's babies too, so he he's going to take care of them for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I guess All right.
2: the other question is How long do Gungans live? <laughs>
1: uh, that's not something I have in my uh, holocron uh, <laughs> uh, on demand. Uh, maybe 200? I'm not sure. Darth Jar Jar! Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, so, our, our funny science fiction page, we see a lot of crossover memes. So, what superhero, or sure, we could count Jedi in there as superheroes, but w- what superhero would you like to see thrown into another sci-fi universe?
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Who could make the jump? I'd have to say, you know, Han Solo could easily make the jump to Firefly. You know, he's he's got that gunslinger, um, just uh, cowboy-esque nature yeah. about him that he could just, you know, drop Ooh. right into mal's crew and just be like at odds with mal and just have that right
0: kind of reynolds dynamic. versus solo hmm.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i'd pay to see nathan fillion and, and uh harrison borgo at each other yeah uh, a, sarca- a, epic. a sarcastic off we'll call it
1: <laughs> and you can also bring the agent from serenity into star wars that i think oh there you go yeah interchangeable mm-hmm. okay
0: Good. All right. Now, so many people are up in arms about these, we mentioned this a moment ago, uh, the sequel trilogy movies. And sure, they have their issues. uh, But in order to have issues with a set of movies, you also have to issue, like I said, have issue with the original trilogy as well. There's the plot holes, there's context issues, there's dialogue issues, if you're willing to be honest. Uh, They are wonderfully imperfect, perfect movies, in my opinion. So, but one of the biggest issues that surrounds the trilogy movies is with, of course, Ray she's a Mary Sue she's improperly trained she's not a Skywalker out of all these issues which one is the one that bothers you most because of how inaccurate the claim is
1: um can I can I say all of them
0: (laughs) yeah no you can you can address them all if you want you can address one you can address them all uh dealer's choice how about that
1: uh I'll, I'll address them all um okay so the The inconsistency here is what, you know, gives me pause the most and I like to point to Jon Stewart's quote um, It's political in nature, but it's not a political statement. It's be consistent with your outrage." So a lot of the people who have problems with Ray being a Mary Sue do not hold the same standard for Luke and Anakin. And if we're looking at all of them from a one to one kind of ratio. Let's take her piloting skills. Anakin in in the Phantom Menace just says, I'm a pilot, have been my whole life. And that is the only setup. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. That he's, he's a great pilot. He's the only human that can pod race because he's force sensitive. Luke says, I I bullseye womp rats back in my T-16 at home. And then his friend says he's the best bush pilot. But that also means he's never left the planet. He's, he's only been in terrestrial, um, Starships. And Ray. In her movie, she says, I've flown ships before and never left the planet. So one-to-one, all three of these protagonists have the same claim to piloting skills. And the only the only one out of those three that people question is Ray. And and so that's that's a part of her you know, claim to Mary Sue that is immediately dispelled because she, she she has a moment where she sets up that she's flown before, as did all of the other protagonists. And okay. even then even then she crashes into Nima Outpost um, at takeoff and it's not until like the force is kind of working through her that she has this moment of 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 epic proportions where she maneuvers the Falcon um in a way that is, uh, you know, very, very ace pilot like. But at the same time, I also have to argue that the Millennium Falcon is just a regular YT 1300 like freighter. It is not a, a ship that requires an ace pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times when people say that she's a Mary Sue, she also, they also, in the same breath or in the same thought, they claim that she is. Um, she is too weak or she is not strong. She's not that strong. Um, and this is like a lesser, lesser used opinion, but uh, I, I just like to point out that, that kind of oxymoronic situation going on there. <laughs> um, Ray doesn't have training. So this is, this is a huge thing because we have to, we have to assume this of our protagonists all the time because Anakin, is never shown training. Luke is never shown training besides, you know, the, the moments he had with Obi Wan and the moments he had with Yoda. And so, if we transfer it over to the sequels, Rey had moments with Luke, moments with Leia, and she's also shown studying the Jedi texts. Beyond or before that, we have uh, a lot of people were were you know pointing to the fact that oh she 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 knew how to use the lightsaber or she had combat skills that were never set up. And I have to point out that she had she had whopped marauders on the at the Nima outpost with her staff, which is a clear setup. It's not it's not that you have to accept her skills after that point, but you have to recognize that that is a, a purposeful shot in the movie to establish that she's got fighting skills. And so while she's not a master duelist like Dooku in in The Force Awakens, she's contending with someone who is a not trying to kill her be wounded from a bowcaster, which sends people flying through the air. It's, it's literally a tank mm-hmm. weapon. Yeah. And, you know, we have several Chekhov's guns with the, the blood on the snow. It's like, he's, he's injured, he's wounded, and he's also not trying to kill her. So she, she didn't really outclass him. You know, she, she was in all for all intents and purposes. She was kind of, not using the lightsaber well in that fight. And it all no. came down to, it all came down to Kylo losing, not Ray winning. And, uh, you know, it, this is also even addressed in the movies. If you, if you watch these movies with an unbiased lens, you will see that most of these arguments are addressed right there in the movie. Mm-hmm. So for, so for Ray winning with having not had a lightsaber, That is established in The The Last Jedi when Snoke says um, the deed of Kylo Ren killing his father. The deed splits your spirit to the bone and you had been bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber. This is a complaint that everyone had, but they missed Snoke addressing it. And Mm -hmm. if you know that that Kylo's spirit is split and and killing his father tore him up, and you would know it's possible for him to have lost, especially against a, a girl who had just, you know, had the force awakened in her. And so yeah. that kind of, you know, yeah. proliferation will, will, will result in a lot of, you know, un, unsensical things or not commonly sensical things. And um, the Ray Skywalker thing, I, I don't, I don't spend too much time on that because she says Ray Skywalker in the movie. That's <laughs> all, that's all you need to accept that she is ray skywalker i I will i mean i will say she is a palpatine but her name is ray skywalker and that's just something you have to move on and accept
2: i think that was more so when she said that it was more about her saying this is the path i'm going to follow Mm -hmm. like
0: yeah exactly not necessarily
2: not where i'm coming from but like this is where i'm going
0: yeah I took it as her paying homage to the Skywalkers, her paying homage to, to Leia and to Luke, uh, mm. more of an issue of respect for what they had done for her, uh, than Hearst, you know, cause you know, she's stealing their name. I've read that before. Uh, she's not <laughs> stealing their name. Jesus. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, a- yeah, no. So I, I, I like all your answers and I, and I agree with, with all of them. The, the one that I had the biggest issue with is that she's improperly trained. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, she's improperly
0: trained. She just picked up a lightsaber. She could do this. She could do that. I, I I honestly think there is more time. I I haven't sat down and done the camera work here, so you know, uh, abide me this this moment if I'm uh, (laughs) if I'm inaccurate in my statement. But I would bet that there is more on screen time of her being trained than Luke.
1: Yes, that is accurate,
0: and there's probably and, and, and probably Anakin as well, because Anakin, you know, we just we see him walking around with obi in the movies um you know and and but there's really you don't see him going through the trials you don't see him going through uh saber techniques you don't see him going through you know uh not even with you know the yoda type of stuff you know let me run you through the forest on your back like a backpack there's none of that you know it's just anakin's just but no everybody accepts that no because he's anakin
1: yeah, he was you know. the chosen one. That's the fallback answer. And, and yeah. you right. We don't see it. Like, Anakin goes from a youngling all the way to Padawan with, with no on-screen training. And then he goes on to be a knight with no on-screen training. And uh, the only thing we have to go off of is one line. My powers have doubled since the last we met count, and then we just accept it.
0: Right, and we all moved on, you know,
1: oh, good, he's Anakin, he's, he's going to be Vader, yay! <laughs> and, so. and, and for Luke, he, he stopped his training short, and we do have a canon answer in, in, from a certain point of view that it was just a few weeks. And so he stopped his training short, and then the next time we see him, he's a fully-fledged knight, you know, saving Han from Jabba's palace, and uh, the, the, the reception to that is awesome. He's, he, he trained apparently like oh cool yeah and so what we see of ray is just not enough and that goes back to my argument that you know be consistent with your outrage because she does in fact have more on-screen training than the previous protagonists oh,
0: i think that's great i think it's an awesome quote by
1: the way
2: I, I was thinking back to the uh the piloting uh there was a statement made in the clone wars cartoon from ahsoka where she's razzing anakin because she's like you know, it seems like every time you fly, you crash a ship and
0: like. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So, hey, yeah, but at least he was a good, solid pilot. So, All right. So one more silly question for you before we, we wrap this up and we take you into our little fun uh, quiz that we have set up for you. It'll be good. It's, all, it's all kinds of fun. All right. So let's imagine that Element 7's blood is just chocked full of Metachlorians. You are a force-sensitive youngling with a choice to make. Before lies you a Sith holocron and a Jedi holocron. Which path does Little Element choose?
1: Well, that's an easy one for me—a uh, uh, Jedi holocron. Uh, okay. I, I I love Yoda, and I love uh, the Jedi Order for all its for all of its shortcomings, especially now that we have the High Republic and work more, more of a recontextualization of the order and how they were supposed to be. Um, and I acknowledge that y- Yoda was part of the failure in, in the fall mm-hmm. of the Jedi. But uh, again, like just the way he approaches teaching and his abstract nature of just speaking in abstraction versus telling you exactly what you need to know, making you more susceptible to learning it yourself and it kind of latching on and catching on um yeah i i don't have any kind of like inklings or or any um wants for for absolute power and strength (laughs) and passion well i have passion but you know it doesn't control me so yeah
0: a small part of me was hoping that you would say that it was the sith because i was going to see if you were going to take one of those cool spinner uh, blades like the Inquisitors. Ah <laughs> oh, man. But past that, no, I, I get what you're saying. That makes sense to me. But you know, maybe just get one of those cool, you know, spinner blades for you know Jedi. So I would love one. Yeah, if anyone's I, watching
1: that fabricates lightsabers. Let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might be able to hook you up. We know a couple people. All oh, right. Cool. So. All right, so we have a quiz for you now. What we like to do is we like to run through this with every one of our guests at the end of the show, and we try to make the quiz around something that um, they could should mostly know about. So for you, of course, we picked a, a, a Battlestar Galactica quiz, and uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's it's a it's a Star Wars quiz. Uh, so we have five questions for you. If you get three of them right, we're going to send you. This mug that looks just like this, talks about the red shirt, widows and orphans, just like we talked about. Oh, nice. Okay, So if you get that, and it's even got our, well, flip it around for you, even has our cool little logo right there on the back. Okay? If you get four questions right, I am going to make sure that uh, Drayton Allen, who started our group and wrote this really cool book, Custodians of the Cosmos, uh, will send you that as well. The coffee mug and the book, and we'll make sure that uh, Drayton uh, vandalizes it for you and signs it, okay? <laughs> nice So, uh, and that is that's where we get the red shirts, widows, and orphans fund from. Is from that book. Uh, it's all about a guy who wanted to join the Starfleet, couldn't, uh, washed out. So he joined as a janitor. So now he boldly cleans up where for those who boldly, boldly just go. Went. Yeah, to boldly go where they just boldly just went. Yes. <laughs> so.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, on the flip side, should you epically fail this and get less than three correct? So if you only get two questions right, we get to make a meme out of you. (laughs) You accept.
1: I absolutely do, yes.
0: All right. Very good. All right, Nick, take us
2: away. So the first battle of the Clone Wars was the Battle of Naboo, Utapal, or
1: The Well, the first battle of the Clone Wars was Christophsis, but it would have to be Geonosis like yeah in that, like because that was like the the battle that that kicked it off mm. but if you were to say the battle that took place during then it would be christoph's but i'll, I'll go with genosis
0: all right okay and That's i forgot to yeah exactly and i forgot <laughs> to tell you that this is all multiple choice so um we try to make it a little bit easier so all right so one question right all right so in the new jedi order series <laughs> <laughs> i like how the fan immediately goes to the face <laughs> son of a all right so in the new jedi order series which species of aliens invaded the galaxy was it the biff was it the rhodians or was it the yuzhang vong that was the Yuuzhan vong all right see you're not so bad at that you knew it
1: All uh, I right. Mean, i facepalm because that's like the that's the obvious story that i i admittedly avoided <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the best part is, I had no knowledge of that before I wrote. I wrote that question. So, all right, that makes me happy. Okay, almost all the Mandalorians were
2: killed by the Jedi in the Battle of Mandalore, Duran or Naboo.
1: Hmm, I may have. Well, this was called the the. Um the great Mandalorian war. So I'd have to go with Mandalore.
2: It was Galad. Mm. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Galadran. I don't think you're wrong. I don't
0: know that you're right either. So either way, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's the one that starts with the G. Yes. So, all right. So two and one. All right. So the special blue markings on Captain Rex's helmet right above his visor are called Jag Eyes Vigatos or rancor teeth.
1: Oh, I'm admittedly not a clone person. <laughs> yes. um, what were the choices again?
0: Oh, well, you're gonna make me say these names again. All right, so J guys, Vigatos or rancor teeth.
1: Hmm. I'll I'll say the gatos. No, it's
0: the J guys. J eyes. I might have said that improperly, but it's two separate words: J and then eyes. When we interviewed Captain Rex, did he bring that up to us? Yeah, actually. Oh. Yeah. Well, one of our our very first interview actually was with a, a guy who uh, is with the the five hundred first. And he cosplays Captain Rex in one of the sweetest Captain Rex getups you'll ever see. Uh, it's it's screen accurate in every way. It's it's pretty awesome. So, all right. So we've got we are two and two. All right. This is for the cup Can't or the, mean. <laughs> or the, the cup meme or the meme. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Senator Mon Mothra- Mothma was from what planet? Oh dear. Lothal, Tatooine, or Shand
1: chandrilla chandrilla is the answer
0: yes it is all right (laughs) you sir have earned yourself a coffee cup
1: thank you thank you
0: all right we might even still send you a book you know who knows uh we'll see how we'll see how uh giving i'd appreciate it i would
1: love i would love to read that book
0: i'm
2: sure i'm sure he'll make sure you get one well element seven thank you so much for joining us today where can people go to find out more about you and your other works.
1: Uh, well, thank you again for having me. This was a lot of fun. I had a had a, a blast answering the silly questions. Um, <laughs> you can find me primarily on um, on TikTok underscore Element Seven underscore. Um, I do have a link tree in my bio there, so you can find all of my socials. Unfortunately, I could not secure Element Seven across all social media, mm. so. It's, it's something that um, I contend with on a daily basis. It's like, hey, uh, my, my Twitter is element7x spelled out. Um, and my YouTube is element7, but if you were to use you know, the address, it would be youtube.com slash element7s. Um, and yeah, those are the stuff you can find me on um, Instagram, style. Uh, it's so confusing um but uh yes yeah, I, I,
0: I see some hostile corporate takeovers here shortly
1: <laughs> <If> <laughs> some only.
0: buyouts
2: well we will be sure to place those in our description so that way people can find you and your other works
0: and we want everybody to remember that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do for not only the funny science fiction podcast to make sure that we get uh, awesome guests like Element 7 here and funny moments for you to listen to. But it also helps if you subscribe to Element 7's work on YouTube and TikTok and all these other places that we're going to provide you the links for. We want to make sure that not only that you're getting content from us, but we bring these guys onto our show because we want you to know that these are the guys that you need to be following and checking out as well. There's some awesome, awesome content awaiting for you on both his YouTube and TikTok channels. So make sure you follow him there. So, and as a reminder, if you're not happy with the content of our videos, well, feel free to report that what went foul in this episode to the (laughs) Rebels Phoenix Squadron, and they're going to blast it out of hyperspace, never to be seen again.
2: Well, I'm definitely getting blasted.
0: (laughs) I didn't want to say it out loud, Nick, but yeah, I'll talk about the guy who used to be my (laughs) (laughs) co-host. Well, thanks again,
2: Element 7. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank absolutely. you again
1: also for, for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Excellent. We and and enjoyed I it. always
1: just love, it doesn't really matter who I'm speaking with. If we're speaking about Star Wars and positively, it's always a great time. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up. Thanks for watching. Have so a good yeah. night. Our show is
2: brought to you by one of our charity sponsors, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Imagine the comfort you'll give redshirt Crewman Number 11 he You'll know that when he puts on that red shirt and gets murdered on the forest moon of Endor by two aggressive, drum-playing Ewoks, 14 minutes into another crossover episode that will never happen, he will have the peace of mind that he did not leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and his teddy bear shredded red shirt.
0: On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Virtual music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at at draytonellen.com.